Where it's a, in American, you can put the emphasis wherever you want. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And that was a long pause. And this is Balls with Tools, a podcast for the a- angular axipitary. Trary. Trary. Fuck's sakes. Doing great, Steve. Do it again, and we're, we're going to edit it out. No, we're not going to edit it out, let's be honest. <laughs> That's the a- joke. Axipitary. Trary. Trary. Ex- ex- like, con- like contrary. Mary, I, Mary, quite contrary. I can't... Words. So anyway, gentlemen, how are we? How has your week been? Al, what have you been up to with your um, headgear? So on Saturday morning at 5am, I thought it'd be a wise idea to drive to the opposite end of the country. Oh. Which, yes, Brett, we know it's it's all relative and some countries are bigger than others. <laughs> but um, I made the 500 mile round trip to what is otherwise known as the Suzuki Graveyard. Ah, to, yes. To pick some parts. Um, I think of the three times I've been, it's probably the most successful yeah. because I actually made a list this time. <laughs> I really I really went for it this time. I think the last couple of times I've kind of done it a little bit half-assed. Or I think the first yeah. time I was just excited. The second time it was more of a kind of um, sentimental, fun trip. But this time I really went for it. Uh, do you, do took you have all... a little like loyalty card? Do you get like a, a free wing mirror on your sixth journey or something uh it's it's like nectar points yeah okay cool yeah but it's dags um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it was fantastic and i was i was back home by four o'clock it was great fucking drove, hell. What drove to portsmouth and back 5 a.m jeez um oh, yes yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was fantastic so uh picked up some picked up all i needed um had a nice little strip down of a uh, an engine head on, on Sunday, which is a relaxing thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, here we are. Um, did I talk about this? I don't think I talked about this last week. Um, I did. Uh, I put on an exhibition at work a few years ago. I don't know if you remember it. And it was like local artists. There was ceramicists and musicians and mm-hmm. someone yes, made something yes, out yes, of yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there was like yeah. performance eyes. It was great. And one of the exhibitions was... Um, like a structure full of plants and it was like nature in the in the building and stuff um and there was a local company who build props and stuff for stage and they cnc'd this wooden dome out of plywood um kind of like an igloo made out of wood um and that was filled with plants we're moving office next week and this thing is not coming with us so i'm gonna try and take it home Um, (coughs) basically it's like a three meter diameter this this pyramid and three meters high so it will fill any one of the rooms in my house basically yeah. from wall, wall to wall floor to ceiling um but i think that's great and yeah. if i just fill it with plants and there's a little doorway entrance that room is just like a little kind of escape and it sounds like yeah. really cool if it doesn't fit i'm going to stick it in the garden and um plexiglass it and have like a like a greenhouse outside, which could also be mm. super nice. Um, awesome. However, I'd, I'd probably would have to put down a foundation or something just mm-hmm. to level yeah. it out and, and lift it off the ground. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I'm slowly bringing that home in pieces because it weighs a ton and <laughs> is, is massive. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm, I'm bringing it home in batches, but there's 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 wood slowly piling up in my house. If it's that big, like how? What's the 
smallest size but if it's like three is there like a couple of big three meter sections or no 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 it's all it's all super modular it was really cleverly nice. designed um and i'd say the biggest the biggest bit is two and a half feet by one ah. foot oh, but it's then. like but it's like 25 mil plywood it's mm. it's seriously chunky like yeah. really heavy stuff um yeah don't put that upstairs in your house because it'll end up in the living room <laughs> no it's solid concrete the whole house is concrete the floors are concrete <laughs> everything's concrete it's going nowhere <laughs> um yeah that sounds awesome man like that sounds uh i'm excited to see that especially if you do end up putting that in a room so i just think got... it'd be great like like yeah. nothing else in the room because like this this room i'm in now is the sort of office work from home yeah. office mm-hmm. so it doesn't get used for anything so i could essentially have this but the desk in the middle of this yeah. plant thing so you just go into this jungle be fucking and, and, awesome you know yeah that sounds it. like my dream i love it honestly I, my only thing so good and, answers on a postcard um obviously the window is on one side of the room mm-hmm. yeah so all the plants will on that side will get light all the plants on this side won't get light so i was wondering if it could just be split into like plants that like a lot of sunlight to plants that don't like a lot of sunlight if it's as simple mm, as yeah. that or you go you Any... go full egyptian technology and have bounce mirrors. mirrors oh Aziz, Aziz, light, light. <laughs> yes um <laughs> thank you both <laughs> yep Perfect. Uh, so yeah, any any botanists in the in the audience, uh, please reach out as to what you do with uh, light distribution slash plant distribution yeah. in a room with one window on one side. Or you just mm-hmm. move the uh, the plants around occasionally. Rotate. I'll put the whole thing on a lazy Susan. Yes, like so the whole house. Like I mean, a Bond villain. That would I mean, be that's, amazing. That, that, I've, now I've got to fucking do that, haven't I? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I w- I was gonna make this suggestion just. I've never really looked into them, but I know there's a ton of technology wrapped around uh, UV lights, like little LED UV lights that mm, nice. are for indoor plant growth. And I know yeah. they're very inexpensive and you can just buy daisy chains of them all. But yeah. now I need to see this, Al. If you don't do it, I'm going to be upset with you. Yeah. Um, the Bond villain rotation. I, 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 I need a seriously low gearbox. To just run it off like just a tiny little motor, <laughs> and it just it's, it just takes twenty four hours to do a full rotation. Um, Back to the Suzuki uh, yeah. graveyard, I guess. But, but the problem is, then if you once you enter it, you can't get out because the walls are on the side. So <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah, no, because what you should do is have it so that it um, like use like a a really low RPM motor, but you don't want it twenty four hours because then the same plants are going to get the same amount of light each day. You want Ooh. each one to get a different one, so you'd have to have it like every six hours or something like that, so they get a full thing. In fact, no, you'd want to. No, you don't want. Into... You don't want factors of twenty-four. You want yeah. like every five hours or something. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Again, answers on a postcard. Yeah, Let, let's do it. Let's build this thing. Uh, I do have of... to. Knock, I do have to knock down the, the built-ins though. That's the only thing because they yeah. stick out. Yeah, they protrude into the three meters. Um, speaking of things that protrude, Brett. What about you? What have you been up to this week? I'll take that one. <laughs> right. So, uh, return trip was a bit rough. Uh, just with, I don't know, very rarely do I travel anymore or as much as I used to. So, it was a bit interesting to have massive delays and a person sitting next to me who was the worst type of people to share an aisle with. Um was a young young man who clearly had either never traveled on a plane before or just was too new to the experience and just couldn't fucking sit still and it was really pissing me off. Anyway, 
after the delays and everything like that, I didn't get back in until the sunrise was happening over the hill. So it was kind of nice to get back to my place and, and then just watch the sunrise for an hour. <clears throat> but it knocked me out for a day or so just trying to get back on track with sleep schedule and, and getting back to work. The to-do list is wrought with many a thing, but I am trying to focus on finishing the tentacle video because it's just been so long since I've put oh, shit, yeah. anything on my channel. And that's just been hanging there like half edited. So I'm hoping to finish that and then post it by the time probably this episode comes out. Um, beyond that, I pulled the fossils out of storage. The two biggest ones that I want to work on, which none of the people can see this, but I have a giant whale vertebra and a mammoth tusk that are just sitting nice. on my floor inside my place right now. And I need to make sculptural bases for them. So those are the two big, big things on the dock. Um, but because you guys love it so much, I figured I should tell you that I'm also going to be doing some car work. Because nice. I'm long overdue Fine. for switching out a few old parts that are clearly the originals on there. But get to become a little bit of a grease monkey this weekend. And I've already Yay. made the plans with, with a buddy of mine, the, the guy that I go out and forge at his shop every now and then that's like an hour and a half away. He's a mechanic. Knows how to do everything. Super handy guy. Yeah. So I will be pulling axles and uh, changing brake calipers and re-bleeding the lines. And then hopefully, hopefully, the big thing I'm looking forward to, because those are just like massive parts that are going to look fresh and clean and new, which is, you know, always fun. But I looked up, finally, I did the research to look up why does my cruise control not work and why has it never worked since I've owned it? Turns out you don't there was have a big recall. Control? There was oh, a big uh, recall on that to- part. Like a total one or just a... Ooh! 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 Uh, it's just this one so little controller that goes... You guys might even know about it, but it goes from your brake pedal and it kind of hooks into this line and has a has a electronic connection in it or whatever. And it just yeah. needs to read the signals to know that like, hey, can you brake properly? Is all of this working correctly? Because if it's not, I'm not going to turn cruise control on for you because you won't be able to stop. Ah. So crossed yeah. fingers, we're hoping that this one little part switch out that all the forums I read were people just being like, yeah, after two years, it shot out on me. I bought this $10 part and fixed it. <laughs> I've never had cruise control on that truck. As many oh. long trips as I've gone on, I've never had cruise control. It's it it really a nice just... thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things I always like when I was uh, when I first started driving, I was like, what the hell does anyone need cruise control for? That's stupid. Having a car that has it, I'm like, this is so much easier. Yeah. Especially if you yeah. Not so much around the rickety country back roads of, yeah. of Somerset, but <laughs> Somerset. on any road that yeah. is straight. And you're like, oh, Yeah, and this is this yeah. is me prepping for what I have to do, you know, and eventual deliveries that I'm gonna have to make on these bigger pieces. It's like, yeah, another nine hour drive. Yeah, on two highways, it would be really nice to just not have to lay on my gas the entire time because I always, always end up having a little bit of an ankle soreness <laughs> yeah. afterwards, which is stupid. Saying Go that on, about uh, the roads, though, I just quickly while I remember, um, I was trying to explain because Chris was asking me uh, this week about the roads back home. Because um, why are they yeah, so if, fucking narrow, Steve? It, no, why he was are like, your so, roads so guys, narrow? Do you guys have highways back home? I'm like, well, yeah, but they're called motorways, and it's only three lanes, not 
like 20 and then like we were going along and we're going along like the little roads little roads around here and i was like yeah see this is what i would call a main road like this is the nice roads and he's like what are you talking about there's two sides to it yeah exactly he's like this is a piece of shit road i'm like no there's like there's markings on the road and everything like that then there's enough room for two cars to go along Mm -hmm. i was like this this is a fancy road and like I, i had to pull up photos of just the fucking dirt tracks around my way that people drive down and be like dude i remember getting in the car <clears throat> i remember getting in the car around your area and then just another car came down the opposite direction like, <laughs> how do you even do this yeah. how is this a thing and you both slightly pull into the weeds that are growing on either side yeah. and just kind of run past each other oh. makes no goddamn sense to me i don't know if i told you guys about this but when we were uh doing the um the shop move with the thingy we had um like we'd hired a Luton van with a, a tail lift on the back and met another van coming the other way and we both mounted the verges to get past each other, which was fine, except the tops come in. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up like scraping tops and being oh. like, oh fuck, having to reverse back and then like shimmy around like that. It, yeah, it was not good. We definitely damaged their truck, but it it was a works van, a so I don't think they cared. Yeah, It's a rental. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, so... As far as all the stuff that I've got to do, um, I really need to embrace the to-do list yeah. and just like hit it head on, start making progress on everything as much as I possibly can. I already have designs for both of the fossil projects. It's going to be a hell of a lot of work. I've got to move some seriously large pieces of steel if I want to pull off what I want to pull off. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but plan is to go out and work on the truck and then kind of We'll see if we can even get any progress made that day, but he's he's the guy that I go to when I need the bigger machines because he's got hammers yeah. and all kinds of presses and whatnot. So if I get started on it this weekend, that would be fantastic. Um, but we're going to have to see how everything goes. Given I do have the 12-ton press at Ryan's place, yes, uh, like half the distance to the other guys. So I know that that can move serious hunks of steel. I just got to fucking lean into these projects nice um yeah man, that sounds that's it sounds good i i know did you did you get that as well uh what about you yeah. steve i what have i been so are you done uh, yet are you done being over here yet two more weeks two so, weeks um so yeah we've we've like is it the third total recall <laughs> in, in one episode <laughs> fucking hell keep it coming um, i'm looking forward to this thumb now um I've just thought of the perfect one and talk know. to me about it later, Steve. What yeah. have you been up to? Uh, so yeah, uh, I came back from Maker Camp and we, I mean, we like the, the whole time that I've been here, it just seems like we haven't really stopped. There's just always been something going on. Um, and I know that Chris always takes a couple of days out after like any big events like that. So, um, so yeah, we took a day and just kind of chilled out and relaxed and kind of got some sleep and recovered and that. Um, and then we did some just fuck about in the workshop stuff um, where uh, we made, I think it was then that we made the mushroom, um, which was such a cool little thing <laughs> to make. And like completely unintentional, like no idea what we were doing until it kind of happened. Um, and then I had to have a go at making something that's not a product. And it was like, I think one of the, problems that i've got when it comes to making stuff is 
I tend to think of everything as a product. Everything has to be something that I can sell or that has mm-hmm. a purpose or that blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And whereas Chris is just like, no, just get some steel and smash it and see what happens. Like he's quite happy to just experiment and play. And because, uh, especially like with the blacksmithing side of things, like I I do a little bit of that at festivals with like a little bit of round stock here and there. But the idea of picking up big chunks of steel and just smashing them to see what goes where and how this works is mm-hmm. really alien to me. And it's not something that um, I was ever encouraged to do and like actively discouraged from doing. Um, so yeah, like it, it was really hard for me to get my head around the idea of just making something for fun and like not worrying about whether it's it's a success or not. And um, to the point where I was having to kind of like say to myself, like this isn't a product it's an experiment this isn't a product this is an experiment just over and over again just because i was getting too bent out of shape about the fact that oh this isn't quite right and i want to change that and i want to go back and redo this I'm like it doesn't fucking matter it's just mm-hmm. it's just a thing um so yeah having to lean into like the idea of things not being a product and things just being for fun or for art or whatever it was it was really hard for me to get my head around that. Um, but then we carried on, did some more stuff throughout the week. Um, a few more bits of work here and there. Went to, there was a local knife show here at uh, Bill Moran's place, which for knife geeks and people like that, like it's it's a really big deal. It's like where the Bowie was made and, and for the Rambo films and all this sort of stuff, like very, very famous knife maker. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a lot of history and, and everything there. So that was really cool, getting to go there and, and have a look around and see what was being done in such a small place, um, or what was originally such a small place. Uh, got to see a bunch of people selling some very nice stabby things. Um, mm. And then Sunday, uh, we had a day off and we went to visit uh, Carolyn, um, who's the Woods Witch, Woods Witch on Instagram, Um and just go hang out at their place and not do anything. Just relax. You, you and Chris had a day off. Yeah. It was weird. So, so we get there and they've got like th- this whole like porch life thing. I'm really getting into over here where you just sit on the porch and enjoy being outside. But you're not covered like, decking. Yeah. You're not outside outside. You're, you're covered over. It's fucking great. Um, and their porch is fucking amazing it's huge it's it's bigger than my house um they've got a swing bed on it as in a bed that's (laughs) on ropes uh which chris wasn't too sure about at first and then got (laughs) on it and genuinely nearly fell asleep just instantly um and there was like there was dogs there and there was amazing food i got to try blue crab for the first time and like they're just some of the best wings ever because they've got like a, a little pizza oven i say a little but they've got fucking like a shed that's actually just a pizza oven um and it was just like the most idyllic wonderful place i've ever been and um and so one of the the other things they had was uh, a couple of rocking chairs which i've always liked the idea of a rocking chair but never been that into it but having sat in it and just like rocking back and forth just a little bit and realizing how quickly that was putting me to sleep I'm like fuck i really want to get one of these then I remembered that Simon that I work with uh, had recently made a chair. And I was like, actually, yeah, I could like, and I started looking at the construction of it, and, like how they were put together. I was like, 
this is a really simple thing. Like, I could definitely make this. Like, even though it's out of wood, like, I could do that. <laughs> and then I started thinking about um, uh, Thomas Wilson, I think it is, um, who's got, like, a... Uh, there's a sketchbook um, by him that Chris has that I was flicking through the other day, and there's loads of... Um, basically, all of his designs. He's still alive and still going at the moment, but he was drawing, like, multiple drawings a day and, like, just constant ideas and he just wanted to put them out there because he knew that he was never going to have chance to um to actually make all of these designs but he wanted them to be out there so that he could help inspire other people mm-hmm. um so this sketchbook is fucking brilliant i'll like when we do the spiffs i'll find it um but having looked through that book earlier in the day because that's on the tuesday after make account when chris was fucking around and doing that i literally just spent the entire day i think i spoke about it on the last episode um i spent the entire day just sat flicking through this book and it was fucking great um but because of that and because of the fact that i was thinking about making this rocking chair i then started thinking about forging a rocking chair which i think uh ben snare's done before and looked fucking incredible but it's kind of made me like one of the whole points of coming out here is to try and figure out what the fuck i'm doing with myself and where i'm going to go and how i'm going to make a living and and all of that and one of the things that being out here has reminded me is that i'm supposed to enjoy blacksmithing and crafting and making stuff and that just wasn't happening um when i was putting pressure on myself to well when basically when i was doing it as a job um Mm -hmm. and what i don't want to do is put a load of pressure on myself to um make money from something constantly where like i say where every day i'm thinking you know this is a product i need to make money from it it has to have some kind of value um and like that if i make that rocking chair that's i'm not going to get paid for doing it like i might be able to sell it further down the line but there's no one that's writing a check right now for a few grand for a forged canvas rocking chair sort of thing like it just it's not going to happen um but I knew I wanted to make it. So I kind of sketched out a couple of the ideas in my head because I was kind of thinking about how it's going to be constructed and how we're going to do this. And um, and yeah, I think I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I almost want to go take a step back um, in blacksmithing, like just get a, a job, like a part-time job or something like that where I can earn enough money to pay the rent um, or the mortgage and um, and then have that, that time in the shop to actually do stuff that i want to do and experiment and enjoy it and not put pressure on myself to um to earn money from it um Mm -hmm. and kind of like i say like lean into the idea of this is a craft this is supposed to be something that's enjoyable that's that's creating something that is of value but its value isn't monetary um so i can do things because i want to do them um so yeah i think like this uh this forged rocking chair design that I've got in my head, I really, really want to do that, but I'm going to do it as a project for me and not for a customer. Um, and uh, and yeah, like I think this last couple of weeks, because I've like after Maker Camp and after everything else, like, I've had to start thinking about what I'm going to do when I get back. And um and as much as everyone keeps messaging me like, why don't you just move out here? Like, I've got the same problem if I live here as if I live back home. I still need to 
figure out a way of paying the bills. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I think one of the things that I noticed as well. I'm I am kind of vaguely leading into the the topic, but uh, but one it's of the things to go into spiffing. <laughs> one of the things I noticed as well is that uh, like looking through my feed um, on Instagram, I'm not necessarily always inspired. Part of that is because every fucking three posts is a advert, but also like there's a, a tendency, especially within the maker community, to to just go, oh, I'm going to follow them. Oh, I'm going to follow them. Oh, I'm going to follow them, and like following a shitload of people that aren't necessarily where you want to be. Um, and so I'm following like, a lot like of people. Hull. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in Hull. Um, sorry, Hull. Um, but. But yeah, following people because I like them as as a person, as opposed to because I want to be inspired by what they're doing, um, and kind of that realization. Because I was talking to someone about uh, Maker Central, about who's going to be there and and all of this, and realizing that a lot of the people that are going to be there, yeah, I'm super excited about seeing friends and people like that. But there's not necessarily um, people that I I'm going to be inspired by. Like there is this weekend, we've got the Matt Harris thing. Like that, I'm gonna be super fucking inspired by because there's fucking incredible blacksmiths out there, um, and I think, yeah, for me, I, I think a lot of it is just about the fact that I need to refocus a little bit and kind of go more towards what it is that I want to do rather than just going. I need to pay attention to everything because I know people that are doing everything, um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of it. And that, that segues beautifully. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I don't know, man. I'm just <laughs> venting because it's good. Have have a vent. Um, yeah. No, I, I I get it. And and it, I've been having these conversations this week at work with 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 the guys because we we're doing similar things where where yeah. being creative for monetary gain yeah. and, and its production. And it makes it difficult to really commit to something, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's going out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to become someone else's problem. Um, you're never going to get a chance to 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 have it back and tweak it, and you yeah. know, um, and it has to meet a certain set of criteria in order for it to be profitable or worth mm-hmm. your while. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not necessarily about you learning or growing or experimenting, yeah. exactly. um, and it, that inhibits you to be able to really give it your all. Um, and the the problem I've got with the guys is that they're getting bogged down in the the delivering mm. as opposed to the um, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's a real shame because it stops you from doing the crazy, from doing yeah. the 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 knife made out of wood, you know, yeah. and and the thing and and the revolving greenhouse because <laughs> you've got the wrong guardrails and, yeah. and, and and the wrong checklist um so i i'm trying to find a way specifically at work to get the team to 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 sort of allow themselves to to really lean into a project and really go right what is the best opportunity for this? What, what what's the best outcome what could i do with the guardrails removed yeah and i can really let loose mm-hmm. yeah because I think, like, I know everyone loves the idea of um, when I was at Alex's doing the the fuck around Friday stuff, mm. but I think that was still 
it still had to be a product. It still had to be something that yeah. you could sell. It still had to be um, something related to Forge Kitchenware, um, unless you were Joe, in which case it had to be an axe. But like, <laughs> it it was always um, like that. That it still had to have value. It still had to some have some kind of monetary value for. Mm. And basically, everything we made had to be approved by Alex beforehand. Like, you know, we'd yeah. say, "Oh, can I make this? Or can I make that?" And we're like, "No, that's bullshit. Do something proper." Um, and I think that's where what like again going back to this fucking rocking chair like that's why I want to do this and I don't want it to be something that's um, that's constrained because one of the other things I think I may have actually spoken about on here in like one of the very first episodes um, I have this great idea I say great idea I've got an idea um, for this huge fucking like basically like a lamp but it's um, like fucking 15 foot long and it's all over the place um but i really like the the design i've got this design in my head and i really fucking want to do it but again it's one of those that there's no purpose there's no reason to make it like there's no mm-hmm. i'm not going to get anything from it straight away um but i want to do it for the sake of doing it mm. um and yeah there's there's loads of shit that i'm going to learn on the way and and all this and like there's there's a bunch of stuff that i don't know how to do that I want to learn to do, but I want to learn to do whilst I'm doing that project. I don't want to have to um, be like, right, I need to make sure that this is absolutely, like, I absolutely nail this skill before mm-hmm. I tackle that thing. Like, I mean, Brett, you've said yourself, like the amount of projects that you've done where you're just like, I just want to do the thing. I just want to do it so I can say it, I've done it. And you know, I want to be able to do a thing or make, make whatever. And you're not worried about um, like it being absolutely perfect you just want to do it so you've done the process and then if you want to apply that to another project you can but mm-hmm. but it's not like you're going to spend you know fucking six months learning how to perfectly punch a hammer blank before you make your first hammer it's like no mm-hmm. i'm going to punch it i'm going to go from there no um, i made like five terrible hammers within <laughs> a couple of weeks because it yeah. was like i can do this and they were all horrible yeah but but that, yeah. and that's kind Brett, of Brett, I, mean. Brett I, I, I love your approach to things, Brett, because you, you don't worry about doing. <laughs> you don't worry about being good. <laughs> you don't worry about being good. Anything. But that's what I mean. It's like I and I've gone way too far the other way, and I I need to lean more into that kind of, um, like just actually fucking doing it, kind of mindset. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you guys bring up a good point though that monetarily or just financially to be responsible. It creates all those guardrails, right? It kind of boxes you in. And I know we've had plenty of discussions about, you know, breaking out and trying something new or trying something different or just exploring and adventuring in all aspects of life, whether it's like us talking about traveling to a foreign country where you don't know the language or trying a new project or a new material that you're working with. It's been so ingrained with work that we do especially over in the states where it's just like what were you guys talking about last time agile where like mm. everything has yeah, to yeah. be on a timeline you know and there's monetary value value attached to every minute that you're working yeah. i've had multiple discussions with uh alex who i was staying with you know good good old buddy about how very few people know what their hourly rate should be or what they what they are worth an hour as a crafter or a maker or a doer of things because if it's a hobby and you're making cutting boards on the weekend you could look at how many sales you made in a weekend you know what your material costs were and do some simple maths to 
figure out what you made per hour, yeah. you know, to do those projects. But when it comes to like, what are you gaining? I think is a little bit more important to me than what is it worth? And I know that I'm in a very interesting situation now where I'm fully on my own and I'm trying to make things happen and I'm trying to make yeah. sure all the bills get paid and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's fucking terrifying. But I do have years of just like trying things like you were saying, Steve. Yeah. I don't, I'm not great at them or I was never the best. I was never trying to do that. But at least I I did it. You know, I. Yeah, yeah. I tried to lean into this situation. I mean, every time I made a big move, every time I switched jobs, every time I did everything, it was just about embracing the idea that it could go terribly wrong. <laughs> but I knew I needed to lean into it and just figure out if it was the thing. Yeah. And. You know, school was design work and illustration. I'm going to be a graphic designer and illustrator. And I leaned into it because I had some skill in drawing. And then I didn't find a job. I got a different offer, you know, to do video production. So, okay, we lean into that now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like I'm this unique person that's able to walk around and just make these gut shot decisions. But it was kind of instilled on me, instilled in me by friends and family you know just like hey you don't have a lot of responsibilities anyways like kids and stuff so just fucking do it yeah and once that fear subsided and the initial intimidation of these things like working on the biggest projects you know moving a bunch of steel around using power hammers for the first time well i could try and hammer this by hand it'll take me six weeks to <laughs> put a taper in this three inch steel yeah so you, you're like, okay, if I'm going to do this project and I want to learn how to make these things, I need to accept the fact that I need to learn a new tool or have access to one. How do I get access to one? Okay. The idea of leaning into something or leaning into a project idea, you in this rocking chair, the fact that you, you will make it, if you fully embrace it, you will make this thing and you can go, oh, well, no one's writing a check right now. How often have you seen it? Especially with Chris. He just fucking makes something. Yeah. And then he puts a reel up and then 20 seconds later, it's like sold. Yeah. There exactly. are enough people that just, there are still enough people in the world that have, I'm not going to say expendable income, but like they're looking for something unique. Yeah. What you are capable of doing, having your production blacksmithing background is like, you understand technique and process, but where you've never been able to lean really hard into it is your creativity. You have a good sense of, you know, your photography and everything, you have a good sense of aesthetic and visual presence and the way something looks and the lighting and the color. I have no doubt that if you fully embrace, like, yes, you're going to do this project. No one is buying it as you're working on it. No one's paying you to do this. But what happens if you post it? You have an entire community of people that will run and go, somebody should buy this from Steve because it's really great. <laughs> and then it's done. And then you know you made a rocking chair. You love the project. You learn the process. You did everything that you wanted to do because you leaned into it. And then if you get monetary compensation for it, that only feeds the next thing that you do. This light fixture. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to make it. No one's going to buy it. Okay, but what if they do? Yeah. If you get rid of the financial fear and you got you to gotta maintain responsibility. Like, I love the fact that you're looking at a job that could possibly just pay you enough to continue doing hobby stuff or side hustle things that's what most people are doing in, in our little maker world but i feel like from my perspective when you're talking about looking through feeds and stuff and even talking to people at makers camp 
it seems like a lot of that gray zone that we've talked about earlier. It's like they don't quite jump into it. They want to yeah. do the things, but they don't because this thing sells. And it's like, well, what's yeah. what's actually stopping you? Is it financial gain, financial loss? Or are you just, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I kind of am. <laughs> are you just holding yourself back? Are you getting in your own way? Like you're not leaning hard enough and you're the only one stopping you. Yeah. So there's... So I've I've talked to a few people about the whole um, like making the leap thing and just kind of saying like at the end of the day you make the leap you will figure out a way of making shit work like even if it means that actually fuck it's it's a week before the mortgage is due I'm gonna have to go fucking you know, sell plasma yeah like fucking do whatever like there is always a way to there's always money in the banana stand sort of thing like you you can always figure something out and um, and like if yeah, if it gets towards the end of the month and all of a sudden the car shits a brick and you've got to put a new engine in it, like you figure out a way of doing it. Like it's you you figure out a way of doing these things anyway. It's just the fact that you've um you're putting yourself in a different position. Um so I think like getting things lined up as much as possible before you take that leap is important. But at the end of the day, you, you just have to fucking take the leap. But um but going back to the 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 kind of creativity side of things, like yeah, hundred percent. Like I was, I was thinking um, before I even had my notice in. Like, if I quit, what what can I do? What can I sell? You know, what can I? What product can I make that I can batch out that that I can make money off? And then realizing that actually selling, you know, if I've got what eight, about eight thousand people following me on Instagram, if every single one of them buys a bottle opener off of me, and I'm selling them for say twenty five quid each, mm-hmm. like that's that's like Looking a out. year. Yeah, but like, yeah, that that's a year. How many people are going to want to buy two, three, four, five bottle openers? Like, that's it's not a sustainable thing for for what I'm doing. Um, but like, there's there's people out there that want to buy uh, like axes that I make and stuff like that. So yeah, so like, I could sell axes and do like higher ticket items. But like again, even that's only sustainable to a certain point. And yes, your audience does grow and all that. And you know, the people that are that follow me aren't necessarily people that have that much disposable income to 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 buy these things mm-hmm. um and then i kind of had to think about it and i'm thinking well, what am i actually trying to achieve am i just trying to make a product to make money or am i trying to make uh put myself in a position where i can make things that i want to make and i think that's that's kind of where i'm going at the moment is actually i want to lean more into this kind of um I don't want to say like art world because it's not necessarily art. It's just I want to make things that I find interesting. I want to experiment with um, with the craft a bit more, and mm-hmm. not just with blacksmithing, with other things as well. I want to enjoy this shit. Like if I can be in a position where I can enjoy it and I can sell it to make some money at the end of the day, fucking great. But if I'm just making shit and it's collecting dust in my living room, then so fucking be it. Like I want to. I want to. <laughs> do this shit i want to lean into actually being a maker rather than being a fucking production person Mm -hmm. well this is all it's making me think of is going back to what al was saying with the the co-workers or the guys working on the projects in a situation where let's let's say it's two different sides of the coin where steve's wanting to embrace this stuff he's trying to be responsible about his decision making but he does want to embrace his creativity and lean into that side a little bit more Al, when you have people that are on a payroll and in an office dynamic and working on a team, 
what do you think it's actually going to take for you to tell those or to get those people to like, you're not going to lose your job and you will still get compensated, but I need you to push harder because everyone, I feel like the, the terror in that is that I'm going to do something wrong and I won't be here anymore and I will lose all my money. I mean, that is pretty much verbatim conversations I've had this week. Okay, like, <laughs> okay. seriously, like, yeah, it, it, I've had to explain to people, junior people, that it is their job to fuck up. Yeah. It is their job to do the things that I don't have the luxury of being able to do because of my responsibilities, my accountability, and my seniority. I, you know, and I don't have the fucking time, but they do. And it, and if, if if they fuck up, it doesn't matter. And yeah. the fucking the the fuckest upest is the way that we're going to get interesting results. Yeah. And exactly the same thing. We we were briefing the university students last week. Um, super interesting. We've got a um a concept of like with the world and the state it's in, um, and everything that's going on from climate change to social inequality and and uh, economic disparity um what's the potential for the apocalypse and and as we head towards it what can we do about it how can we use design to change it um and i i couldn't stress enough to the students like i don't want a fucking safe answer i do not want to see i don't want to see good graphic design i want there was just there was just a, a a page in the presentation that was just a pair of tits and it just said embrace ridiculous, and it was just like I, you know, I just want the dadas, dadaism. Yeah. I want, I want people to 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 go. This this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. And and to your point, Brett, people are so apprehensive of doing that. People don't want to make a mistake. People don't want to do what they're not supposed to do, and it's it's mental. Like people studying at fucking art school want to follow the rules. Yeah, and 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 tick the boxes and, and and answer the brief. It's like no, throw burn the brief, you know, burn your briefs, <laughs> fucking you know, d- d- ch- change it, get rid of it. Um, yeah, and it. Some people just don't get it, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, genuinely having to having tough conversations, with people say, I I, I I don't want you to do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's uncomfortable and difficult, and to get people to take you seriously is hard, but it's like that that that's how we grow, and. <laughs> It's a good one as well because I think everyone that I think of as being um, inspirational. Just, just sorry, just sorry, Steve. Just, just for an analogy, right? Think about it like this. Think about putting the the plates away after you've washed up, right? Yeah. You do it neat and tidy, and you do it delicately, and you do it without expending much energy and without really any passion. Yeah. But if if you were told to smash the fucking place up, you'd commit, wouldn't you? You'd oh, fuck go, you'd yeah. fuck you'd go for it. Yeah, yeah. You 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 you'd do it with so much vigor and 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 energy and passion and creativity, and you'd find new and interesting ways to smash shit up. And and it's like that. That's the way that you get expression out of people, yeah. not by doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, like, because what I was going to say is like everyone that I find. Um, inspirational or like i don't want to say that i idolize but like people that i I genuinely have a lot of respect for. stop (laughs) um like very very few of them are people that are following rules like there there are some people who i massively respect in terms of their craftsmanship 
but the people that I I find inspiring tend to be people that that aren't following the rules that that are breaking that are going against the grain that are doing weird wonderful interesting things and mm-hmm. I think it is far too easy <coughs> excuse me I think it is far too easy for us to to kind of get stuck in that mode of like this is a side hustle or this is my main job or whatever and like I've got to make money I've got to make money I've got to make money or it's got to have value or it's got to have purpose or there's got to be a, a reason for doing it and I think if you can lean into like the idea of like this is just a, this isn't a product it's an experiment or you know, the the value of this is that I'm learning something or the value of this is that I'm just seeing what fucking happens like <laughs> it doesn't doesn't need to be um as as rigid as all that and uh it's it's hard and like i'm i'm giving this advice more to myself than to anyone that's listening because it's something that i do a lot um but yeah if i can or if if we can all um kind of free ourselves up a little bit more when we're we're creating and making and and being creative because that's the thing is we're supposed to be fucking creative we're not supposed to be (laughs) like fucking factory workers or whatever like I think yeah if you if you can be a little bit more creative and a little bit freer with with what you're doing then that's fucking spiffing people that we think that are spiffing uh, in which case al have you got an order yeah it's abs abs which means al is first so this is is this this is a stolen spiff? I don't really know. Mm. Um, so I was listening to a episode of uh, the Adam Buxton podcast. Nice, and he happened to have an author on called John Higgs, who mm. I'd not never really heard of, never read, yeah. read never read any of his books, but I liked the cut of his jib, and um, I think I recognise his face. He's probably one of those people that's like been on. <laughs> documentaries about things so yeah. he's into he's into like music from the 90s um, he's written a couple of books a couple of books on William Blake he's written about Krablin he's written about the KLF um, but there's two books that um, I'm kind of into in the minute which are great it's one of these the future starts here which is trying to paint a less bleak vision of the future because when if you think of like any sort of sci- sci-fi it's always about what can go wrong when in reality we're living in the the sort of the best time there has ever been the most prosperous time the safest yeah. time you know the future yeah. is getting better regardless of the fear mongery yeah. um and there's also a book called stranger than we can imagine which is about how fucking bonkers the 20th century was <laughs> if you compare every previous century and the progression just how mental and how everything changed in the 20th century super interesting he's really funny um he's got an interesting take on things and he he like narrates his own book so you can listen to that oh, on awesome. audible oh, nice uh, so john higgs uh, and if you are into niche indie rock prog bands from the 90s the book on klf is fantastic I, it was it was about them burning the million pounds it was not yeah. really about them that was and their amazing music is that what is that quite an old episode of the it Buxton might podcast? have been earlier this year because well he yeah. had a break didn't he so it's probably yeah. last year actually because i vaguely see like i re- vaguely remember the yeah. the burning thing so, Wait, it, it yeah. was it was it was a short episode and not a lot happened yes he just really talked about the books yeah but yeah if you get into the books they're great 
Yeah. Okay. I might have to check out the books then because that sounds yeah. fucking. I mean, awesome. so so the one that's about um, the twentieth century, stranger than we can imagine. The first three hours is just talking about Einstein <laughs> and like a lovely history of Einstein and the weirdness and like stuff that you didn't know about him. Um, but he, yeah, he 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 spins a good yarn. John Higgs. Nice. Mm. I will uh, check that. I know uh, you've I... got loads of spare credits, Steve. Get him fucking used up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Go on. Uh, I, You're yeah. right. <laughs> if, if, that, if that's an audible, I, I will actually check that out. Uh, Brett, what about you? Who would you like to spiff? So I'm going to spiff a uh, tag team couple of lads that were doing, uh, if anybody was at Makers Camp, you might have seen them, but they were recording podcast episodes with some of the people in attendance or, or the teachers or any of the demonstrators. And oh, it's because you were on it. I have to spiff somebody that gives me something. <laughs> this is how it works, Steve. I haven't picked up on that by now. Uh, so they were kind enough to ask me to be on an episode. The episode is not up. I have no idea when it will be. So I'm not asking you to go listen to that one. Plus, it's the same shit I've always talked about. Uh, but the two gentlemen's names are Mush and Lee. And they are great guys. They teach in North Carolina, like Makerspace, uh, Lots of students learning how to do multiple things, and they're yeah. they're very keen on, you know, lifting the community and and just making it a better place and healthier place. More more willing to accept the younger folk in and have them try weird shit and fail nice. and whatever. So, two nice gentlemen. They interviewed a slew of people while they were there. I know Lindsay Woodbrain yes. is the the. Well, she's technically the second episode because the first one is actually with Lee being interviewed, uh, who's one of the hosts. So I'm assuming those are going to be coming out over the next few weeks, you know, uh, weekly or whatever. So give them a listen. I think you're going to get something a little bit unique out of everybody that they interviewed because they had a kind of a specific direction yeah. for what kind of questions they were getting out of people. Um, something a little bit different, pretty short format genuinely great guys i love what they're doing for uh the schooling and the students and all that stuff i i have to give them a lot of credit for what they're trying to do and then the fact that they're going to embrace this little podcast situation as well let's see where it goes so give them a little bit of support go have a listen i was gonna say like i i've spoken to a few people that have uh oh sorry i know a few of the other people that were on there and yeah, there's going to be some really fucking good episodes coming out, I think. So, yeah. Yes. That's the I, Storyteller's Tavern. There you go. I second that spiff. Um, right. Steve, you're up. Yes. I, uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier on. Um, I'm, I'm 100% sure that I talked about it on last week's episode as well. But it is Thomas Wilson's Ironwork Notebooks, uh, Inspirations from a Master, um, which... I think we talked, I think, in fact, Brett, you talked about it on an episode of this years ago, because I know uh, Chris talked about it on Axe 9 before, and in fact, he might have even talked about it when he came on. But anyway, uh, this might be a respiff, but yeah, just go, if you're into, not even blacksmithing, if you're into design at all, I think it's a really worthwhile book, because it just shows like the um, the kind of thought process behind how he's come up with some of these ideas and that and you can see like the fact that like he's got one section that's just chairs and there's just like 15 pages of just chairs with just small variations on and you can kind of see the 
like the evolution of those ideas. So yeah, just a, a short, simple spiff. Um, I like stuff like that that you can kind of look at and get a bit of inspiration from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Thomas Wilson's Ironworks Notebooks, Inspirations from a Master. It is on Amazon and I'm sure it's in a million other places if you look for it. But um, but yeah, if you see a copy in a thrift shop or charity shop, go grab one. Um, cool. Is there any other business? Nope. 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 Sweet. Uh, only a little bit from me. Uh, I fly back on the 29th, so in 11 days from today. Uh, and I don't have a job, so if anybody has any work... <laughs> give me a shout i put a thing out on instagram and facebook this week and i've had a couple of uh local friends but it's i'm in a position now where if someone's got a project that they want a hand with and they want to give me a place to sleep i will quite happily come and work on someone else's project with them for a bit so you got something going let me know um right other than that that's it so if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shacks! Relax, you'll live longer. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get one last one in, didn't you? Uh, and yeah, if you want to find us as a group, uh, we are Fools with Tools or FWT Podcast in all of the places. Um, so yeah, that's it. Until next time. Get yourself to Mars. Oh. Bye. Look who's talking. <laughs> I was going to say lean into it but that's even better uh, so yeah that's that's it from all of us including Stella who was very well behaved today and I only had to mute my microphone like three times so well done Stella uh, yeah that's it alright guys love you 